Hello and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast about movies we haven't seen yet. My name is Trent. I'm here with my wife, Betsy. Hiya, Trent. Hiya, Barbie. But that's not my name. You're Barbie today, Betsy, <laughs> because we're ending our decade series with a movie that has been on the lips of everybody out there. For the it's, last, like, year. Yeah, it's Barbie. What the hell? What else would we cover for the 2023 version of this? I mean, there's something else, but this is not it. We're going to talk about that later. Betsy, we're going to go and watch Barbie today. Again, this is the biggest movie out there right now. The one that isn't three hours long. Betsy, what do you know about this here movie? This is one when you're on the internet is really, really hard to avoid spoilers. And yet somehow I've managed to at least get them out of context. So I don't really know specifics. I know that Barbie lives in her Barbie world and has an existential crisis of sorts and goes to the real world. Yeah. But why and like how and like what are are the logistics of that going on? I don't really know. No, I know Greta Gerwig has written this with, I think, Noah Baumbach? I don't know. I don't know. She she co-wrote it. She's awesome. She's, you know, making this great movie that could be about a doll and somehow made it the movie of the moment. Right. It has already grossed a billion dollars. We waited a little while to watch it just because we're busy people. And frankly, now you guys all will have opinions that you can send (laughs) us because we're late to the party. Right. As far as other things, it's just one of those where there's an amazing soundtrack. There's a huge cast. Everybody is named Barbie or Ken or Alan. There's a whole lot of people who show up in the real world. Like Will Ferrell is in this movie, which I think I keep forgetting because he's barely in the trailer. I think they literally say he's the head of Mattel. That sounds about right. Yeah. And again, this is another movie... It's not really in any kind of pantheon yet, but think about back when they made a movie about Battleship. Yeah. They're taking things from our youth and the youths of a lot of different generations and throwing it up on screen in whatever whatever interpretation that you want to have, but it's got a recognizable name. Outside of the brilliance of Greta Gerwig and whatever this movie is, and clearly it is because people are still raving about it, like, Betsy and I were talking the other day, like, is is Barbie going to get nominated for Best Picture? Like, it's it's a real possibility. Everybody loves this friggin' movie. You were looking at a tweet the other day of somebody who said he's seen this movie, like, triple yeah. digits he's yeah. spent on some, going to the theater. Some dude said, I have brought my nieces to this movie four times now. I have cried every time. I've spent over $100 on seeing this movie, and now I just can't wait to, like, buy it so I can watch it at home. Oh, yeah, I know people who have seen this, like, five times. I know people who have gone two or three times. There is an obsession. This movie is the biggest thing of 2023. Yeah, and I really don't want to build it up that much for myself because I really don't know what to expect. I don't know how I'm going to react. I don't know how you're going to react because you didn't really have a Barbie thing back when you were a kid, did you? I mean, I had Barbies because it was the toy that you got when you were five years old. But you were not like I was not a Barbie girl, no. (laughs) You also weren't a horse girl, but we, we can get into that whole I just wasn't in general a girly girl when I was growing up that was your sister yeah so I played with Barbies 
I know enough about Barbie to understand some of like the side characters, the yeah. the Stacys, the Midges, all of her friend group. Yeah. But as far as being really into Barbie, that wasn't me. So it's going to be interesting to see how they take this really kind of broad idea mm-hmm. and make it into a movie that people who have never played with a Barbie in their life love. Sure. And like everybody knows like the basics. They know about Barbie and Ken, the dream house, the dream car, and the evolution of Barbie over the decades. Because again, this thing has been around for what, 60, 70 years? God, or yeah. more, I in don't know. In the 50s, she came out. Something like that. So pushing so, 70 years. Jeez, Barbie, you're looking good <laughs> for <laughs> 70. And again, we don't need to like say who's in the movie. We already have seen all the trailers and whatever else. I'm really just curious to see what the subversion is going to be. How am I going to be surprised? How is this going to end? And yeah, so there's not much else to say about Barbie. So Betsy, let's go to the theater and watch Barbie for 2023. We'll be right back. returned from the movie theater betsy have you been sufficiently pinkified pinkified (laughs) Uh, you know i don't think i'm gonna wake up and suddenly start wearing pink every day definitely not my color i don't think i've ever seen you wear pink you rarely very rarely see me wear pink i own like three items but to answer your real question (laughs) i had a delightful time at the movie theater yeah I love any movie where people understand the assignment. They know exactly what kind of movie they're in. Mm -hmm. And even the people in the real world are just ridiculous. It's a little bit of that magic that we have in Paddington where everybody just accepts that this is reality and they go along for the ride. And there's nobody in this movie that feels out of place. There's nobody who doesn't fit what is going on there's so many layered jokes and things for the people who really love barbie and the barbie lore it's it's great i had a lovely time yeah and i think you hit it on the head about everybody knows what they're there to be like down to the fact that the main barbie the margot robbie barbie is nicknamed stereotypical barbie like that in and of itself is a joke but they embrace all of it It's all of the ridiculousness, all of the camp that you expect from a movie like this. It's all there. Yeah, I like that she literally describes herself as, I'm the Barbie you think of when you think of Barbie. When you think Barbie, exactly. And of course, they even do the fucking fourth wall breaking thing where the narrator, Helen Mirren, comes on and says, Hey, uh, director's note. When you cast Margot Robbie and in this role, uh, you can't quite sell it the way it is. So we're just going to go with it. She's, yeah. she's saying that she's ugly. There's no world in which she is ugly. <laughs> no one really believes that. You're yeah. going to need to cast somebody other than Margot Robbie <laughs> to make that make sense. Right. <laughs> yeah. The I really don't know a whole lot about all of the Barbie lore, like the different editions and the versions of Barbie that have come out because there's been 
dozens upon dozens. Sure. I don't know all the discontinued ones, but obviously in these last few weeks since the movie came out, I've kind of been served up articles or videos about different kinds of Barbies that are mentioned in this movie. Mm-hmm. So like Midge, the pregnant Midge. Well, you even, you mentioned that one in the intro. Right. And in this one, she's played by Emerald Fennel. Of promising young woman fame, so Academy oh. Award winner. If you didn't connect, make that connection, I did not. Because she just shows up looking pregnant and waving, and has no lines. And she's yeah. only at the beginning and the they're, very end. They're literally trying to like forget about her. Well, and that's exactly what the people of Mattel have tried to do. Uh-huh. They said, well, you know, there's this weird thing of promoting like teen pregnancy. So maybe we should just not or, talk about her weird pregnant doll or friend. Or unwed pregnancy. Yeah. yeah. And then they've got Alan played by Michael Sarah, And they've got a whole joke about him where he is the one guy that everyone sort of forgets about about in a sea of Kens. Yeah. He doesn't get taken over by the patriarchy. Yeah, he's not like the hot one that everybody's attracted to or like in the parlance of Barbie. Like there's always Ken and Barbie. Barbie and Ken. Who does Alan have? Alan has apparently got Midge because eventually they retconned those two to be married. So Alan and Midge in the Barbie universe get married. All right. They don't go there in the movie, but they they seem to have found a way to take these characters that no one really cared about in doll form and make a wedding theme around yeah. it. And they even mention like later on in the movie when they all go back to Weird Barbie's house, they have the Barbie with the TV in the in the the box. Oh, yeah. She has a built-in camera that you can actually take small videos on right. and play them in her back. And she's like, Jeez. no, who wants this? Right. No one asked for this. <laughs> I don't remember that one. I think when they were kind of going through the credits and playing like, look, these are real Barbies that were mentioned there. Yeah. The only one I'm pretty sure I played with was the day to night Barbie because that felt really familiar to me. Like one that has like a business suit and you you can change her into a nightgown at the very end. Yeah, you have to like fold up her dress in a certain way oh. and then the coat like goes over it or something like that or it just like goes inside out. I don't remember exactly, but that one just felt familiar to me. Okay. I would have to look more into it. And then you've just got all of the other different kinds of Barbies. You've got President Barbie and there's Scientist Barbies. Yeah. And they all are ruling Barbie land. Yeah, Dr. Barbie, Nurse Barbie, everything. Like, like when you think of an occupation, that's what they are. Like, they even got, like, the construction worker Barbies. <laughs> Somebody with a fucking jackhammer on the side of the road. They're all very hard at work. Yeah. And they just did all of the touches you would expect. Like, when you are playing with a Barbie, it's all make-believe. So, like, she goes to her fridge and gets a carton of juice to make her breakfast. And she pours nothing into a cup. Mm-hmm. And then she doesn't actually put it up to her mouth. She just kind of tips the cup towards her. And then the little touch in the movie where she opens up the fridge and the back of the fridge is just stickers. It's just a wall. It's stickers that look like food like it would in the real toy. The production design in this movie is well deserving of any nomination anyone wants to give it. 100%. Because they thought about all the details of the toys and all the accessories. Things like that where it's literally just a sticker on a wall where Barbie is a certain percentage size in relation to the 
awkward fit for the car. Like, she doesn't really fit her car. Her house doesn't really fit for her. There's Mm -hmm. no staircase in her Barbie house. Her shower doesn't have real water running in it, but she acts like it does. So the way they've just translated the idea of playing with a Barbie yeah, they into t- this world. They take the make-believe and make it real. It's, that's the weird thing to really grasp here because you have to imagine when you're playing with Barbies, you have to imagine, okay, what they're doing is real even though nothing is actually happening. Yeah, and they just do it very literally in an absolutely pitch-perfect way in this movie. Totally. Like the And they set it all up at the beginning. Like, there's the real world, there's Barbie land. And in Barbie land... You don't have to worry about the stairs. You just magically float because what do kids do? They grab the Barbie Mm -hmm. and they just move it from here to here. Right. You don't have to think. You don't have to like logic it out where, oh, clearly in your Barbie dream house, you have to put a staircase here because Barbie has to be able to go down the stairs. No, they don't. No, kids don't play like that. No. My, I, I was over with my nieces the other day and I gave them dinosaurs and they immediately ignored me and started playing dinosaurs. Dinosaurs and the dinosaurs were getting married. Like, they just, <laughs> it's kid logic. Yeah. And you just roll with it because that's how imaginations in small people in particular work. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic. And just some of the other production elements I really liked were when Ken hurts himself on the beach and it's like a big fake wall that he runs yeah. into for the wave. Yeah. And the ambulance folds out in like a trifold. Right. Stuff like that was so perfect. And they did it with practical effects. We have many times gone on and on about the practical effects in movies. And this one was just like, just paint everything pink. (laughs) (laughs) It was so fantastic. Yeah. Just a couple more that I I had written down here. You you mentioned like the the stationary water and back in her her dream house, like she opens up her closet and the closet is just like the packaging from when you bought the clothes for your Barbies. The square. It's it's exactly how it comes in the packaging. And later on in the movie, of course, when Barbie finally goes to Mattel, where they're trying to get her back in her box and the box itself is... Just, again, how the box comes where Barbie backs up with her back to the wall and there's like the twist ties, the giant twist ties that go through the back of the box. And hold her wrists (laughs) in place. And hold her wrists in place. And like, when you think about it, that's really horrifying. When you put a real human being in that situation, it suddenly becomes a very traumatic experience. (laughs) And I'd be willing to bet some little girls are going to see this movie and suddenly go, set her free! Think twice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, the little extra effects that aren't practical, like, when they're in the car driving away from Barbie Land, and and I think when America Ferrara and the kid and Alan are escaping, they do the same thing where the car flips around, and then when it lands, there's, like, this cartoon dust that comes up. There's little moments of cartoon drawing, yeah. Yeah. Or when the Kens are, like, having their real mojo moments, and they're just, like, sparkling. (laughs) Right, right. It's more imagination. It's what kids are thinking when they're playing. Yeah. I also just love the things, like, the way they somehow managed to make the absolute perfect plastic rollerblades. Like, those neon-colored rollerblades that don't look functional, but they somehow had to design to look the way you think of 
cheap plastic toy. Well, think about the ni- think about the '90s. Like that entire thing was taken from a '90s version of Barbie and Ken, and bringing it into this world. Yes, it has to look a little exaggerated because I mean that's what this movie is. But it also has to work. Yeah, it also has that's to work. That's the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember what the 90s looked like, and that was pretty damn accurate. Oh, yeah. The the scene of them on Venice Beach or wherever they are, yeah, when they finally em- when they finally emerge rollerblading down down the beach, and everybody's looking at them. And I guess this is this is like the beginning of Act Two in the story, mm-hmm. where Barbie is starting to like feel self conscious because all of the men are looking at her and like catcalling her, and even Ken is just like. Ken is just like a dog in this world because <laughs> he's just like, he's fascinated by everything. Everybody seems to like him. And even when like the, the gay guys are paying attention to him, it's like, oh yeah, even the guys are looking at me. Well, in Barbie land, they say at the beginning that his day is only a good day if Barbie looks at him. Yes. That is a very like dog thing where he is so reliant yeah. on her and like pay attention to me and yeah. love me and you I'm going to be, follow. I'm your best friend. Yeah, he needs to be acknowledged. Yes. He needs the recognition of his quote owner, which is why he's having such a crisis by the time we get to the end of the movie because he doesn't know who he is without Barbie. Right. He's and, the dog. <laughs> and really it is. And like, I don't know how much we want to get into like the so sociological things but this is very much a gender reversal kind of a movie where the men in barbie world are meant to feel maybe not really objectify but it's more hey i have no role in this world i'm just kind of here to look at they're just there yeah he's just ken ken's also here yeah <laughs> that, that, that whole idea and as soon as he gets into the other world it's just the opposite, where Barbie is has no power. Like all of the the construction guys are catcalling her, and she's she just feels like I have no place here. They all make her feel like shit, and she doesn't understand this world, and it's very traumatic. And all the men want to control her and get her back to Barbie Land to shut her up and get her out of here. I guess. Meanwhile, Ken discovers the patriarchy and takes it back to Barbie Land with him. Oh boy, we've reached the controversy of of the movie because. From here on out, it is very much, hey, Ken is discovering that, oh, there's a quote in the movie saying, men rule the world. That's awesome. <laughs> Where he's been like, I, I, it's hard to say, like, Ken isn't like put upon in his world. He isn't like objectified or put down or anything like that. He's, he's friend zoned and he hates it. just he just exists and has no purpose other than to be Ken. He to doesn't his have Barbie. purpose. It's beach. <laughs> That's his job. His job is beach, <laughs> and he views it as his purpose. <laughs> it's his job. But again, the controversy here is recognizing the fact that there is a patriarchy in the real world, and this is the manifestation of that when he brings it back. Yeah, the crux of this is men ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to I'm disagree. Sorry, Ken ruins everything. No, I'm not going to disagree with your first statement, Betsy. <laughs> It's a little bit of both. Both are true. Yeah. So, again, people who are looking at this movie and thinking, oh, geez, this is just putting men down. Men are just idiots. And all of the men are idiots in this because even the people in the boardroom, all men, by the way, of Mattel. Yes. They're the ones who come in and they're just buffoons. They can't get anything done, but they're still in charge. How is that a thing? How is that making any sense? Like, we we had two women some point working here. <laughs> yeah, there was one back in this year and then another one at another time. Yeah, two. That's two right there. Right. 
in the history of this company that's been around since, like, Mattel has probably been around since the 20s or 30s or something. Well, yeah, and people, if you're thinking that this movie is an absolute scathing commentary on men, I don't know that I would go that far. It's definitely making fun of the patriarchy. Sure. And the whole point is, Barbie Land exists by women and for women, but they also call out in an entire speech that Barbie has also stigmatized women and perpetuated the idea that you have to be this perfect, wonderful, flawless woman. Right, like Barbie is having this existential crisis saying, I thought that me existing was a good thing, that girls and women in the real world are all like us, where we are just in charge and we're badass bitches and everything else that is good in the world. But in reality, there are other kinds of consequences to you existing. So yeah, both of these things can be true. Yeah. For people. Everything is fucked. And they, they bring it all up and they call it out in this movie. And that girl just rips Barbie a new one yeah. and she is not ready for it. <laughs> so as the movie progresses, she keeps realizing, wow, I really never wanted anything to change. And things are not the way I thought they were to begin with. Right. And really the best, one of the best moments in the movie is America Ferrara in her speech. When they go back to Barbie world, she is just like laying out all of the things that women have had to go through over the past hundred so years. And it's like, you, you have to be skinny, but not too skinny. You cannot complain because then you're just going to be nagging. You can't do this, but you have to do that. And it's just this litany of contradictions and just things that women have to deal with and have to think about. Yep. Being a woman is hard. Right. When a man, they just have to exist. Like they just, Hey, there's horses over there, and there. The, I, I like beer and Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and Sylvester movies. Stallone, and we run everything, and it's awesome. And, and you know what? As a dude, I can see that. I can't not be a, a straight white male. So <laughs> you were born into it. You can't help it. It exactly. is how it's just how it is. It's exactly. And Ken gets a taste of it and brings it all back because he feels like, you know what? This is awesome. And not consider the feelings of Barbie of all the Barbies. Yeah. Cause guys are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But you know, it's kind of a taste of her own medicine in it a is. weird way because she views him as, yes, he's her boyfriend, but what does that really mean? They're just right. kind of friends. It's just the roles that they take in this world. Yeah. And once she sees what he is going through, once he says, nope, I don't need Barbie anymore. And the Kens rule the world now. Right. Then all of a sudden she starts to consider him and his feelings. And it's somewhere about meeting in the middle. So this whole the whole thing is figuring out how we stop putting the Kens there as accessories, because that's what they were created for. Is it's they're, true. They are accessories. They come right out and say it. Yes. <laughs> and Barbies run everything. It's finding the balance in between. But it is also a commentary about the actual real world and patriarchy sure. and how women don't have as much authority and power and autonomy as yeah. men do. Right. And, and Ken's story starts with him like competing with other Kens. And that's just kind of like this primeval urge that men have the bro attitude yeah and there's so much of that in this (laughs) (laughs) but we start with him having this crisis in in and of himself not really having an understanding of okay when is ken gonna get his when am i actually going to get the thing that i want 
even though I don't actually know what I want. Yeah. When when do I get the girl? When do I become the Ken I'm supposed to be? Right. There's more than just beach, Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, near the end of the movie, they use this against Ken. They figure out that by saying the speech about how di- impossible it is to be a woman yeah. and different things about what they are and who they are, the Barbies are able to deprogram the other Barbies mm-hmm. who then use the machismo of the Kens uh-huh. against each other. In the best way. And they have a giant battle and they start fighting each other instead because that is what dudes do. Right. But the sequence leading up to that is so fantastic where they're just like using all the stereotypes. Like have the men teach you how to play a sport that you do you know, any sports. <laughs> right. I don't know how to use this very simple thing. I don't know how to hit a ball. I don't know how to use Photoshop. I've never <laughs> seen The Godfather. <laughs> Explain it to Please me. Please talk through the entire movie with me. Yeah. I'm wearing glasses and I just don't think I'm pretty. <laughs> I just need to take them off you and let the world see how beautiful you really are. Yeah. They let the men think they're in control. Yeah. When in in reality, they're all being played. Yeah. Like, that's fantastic. And of course, the end of that is them all playing Matchbox 20 at them. At them. I'm going to play this guitar at you <laughs> while I have four and a half minutes of uninterrupted eye contact <laughs> while I do it. I would love to know the number of people that went to this movie and have never heard Push by Matchbox 20. Oh, fuck. It's a 25-year-old song if you're doing your math in no, your head. Well, yeah, it is, but I don't think you have been able to avoid it if you've ever like gone to a mall or gone to a store. Right. Because that's the kind of shit that they just play on the Walmart radio network. But there's a difference there because contextually, most people are not actually paying attention to that. I tend to. But that's the thing. You know it, but you don't know that you I'm know it. I'm talking about people who were born in the last like 15 or 20 years. Yeah. It's that's not, what I mean. You it's still, not going to have as much radio play. So how many people went right. into this movie going, what the hell is this song? And the, the, the thing that they're missing is why it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of taking it back a little bit, you're actually kind of faked out a little bit because you think, okay, Barbie is told you need to find your owner, let's say. You need to find the girl that has been playing with you all this time. When she finally meets the girl in middle school that you think it is, it's not her. It's actually this 30-some-year-old woman who this movie is actually made for. Yeah, this is about her mother. Yeah. And the memories that she was connecting with were of the mother kind of watching and interacting with her own daughter. Yeah, because she still played with Barbies because probably when she was a child herself, that was maybe her Barbie and passed it on to her child. Absolutely, because like I keep saying, I had Barbies. Everyone around me had Barbies when I was a kid. But my point here is... Yes, this movie is not meant for kids. This is, I mean, talk about ratings. This is a PG-13 movie. But you would think a movie called Barbie with pink everywhere and just everything else about it. This movie is not meant for kids. It is meant for people like us. There is a lot more depth and layered Mm -hmm. items that you are watching versus just a bunch of silly play. But kids can enjoy it too. And those are really the best movies, like striking that balance. Yeah. I think if you're under a certain age, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get like half the jokes. It's not quite silly enough for like really little kids. 
But I would say anyone of probably eight or nine and up is going to enjoy this. They're at least going to get like, hey, when she falls down from the house, that's there's actually an invisible hand there bringing her down, floating down into the car. Right, because they will have done that themselves and they understand it. Yeah. Like, that's how I play with Barbie. Sure. But I think, Betsy, the thing that I think resonates with the most people about this movie is how people really do play with Barbie sometimes. And we have the weird Barbie. Oh my God. If you didn't cut Barbie's hair off at some point, and like, were you really a child? Draw on her face and like make her do splits everywhere. I was once playing at a friend's house and we discovered that if Barbie had an absolute emotional meltdown and started slamming her face against the wall, her head popped off. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, like, like the splits thing is, hey, those legs only bend so far and after a while they just break and they're just kind of flopping around i would know i probably did that at one point when i played with my cousins barbies i was gonna say the people that you played with when you were a kid were all your female cousins who are around your age i grew up with three female cousins if you've not heard me tell this story before and we played barbie when I went over to you their, were in the minority. When I went over to their house, that's what they had to play with, so that's what I played with, and I went along with it. I have no problem with playing with Barbies, and I mean, I didn't talk about it at school with my <laughs> friends, but yeah. Did they give you a Ken to play with? No. Did you have to be Ken, or did you play with the? Barbies? No, I was Barbie. I don't even think they had more than one Ken between the three of them. I don't know. I don't even think I ever had a Ken. Like, I only had, like, one Barbie, and it was, like, a a themed one, like, Little Mermaid. I remember I had a Little Mermaid Barbie in 1989. I also had Mermaid Barbies in this, and I've really appreciated that. You mean John Cena Mermaid? Well, John Cena, the man, (laughs) the merman, anyway. Merman! (laughs) Jesus. But yes, the weird Barbie, she was fantastic. And it's Kate McKinnon just showing up playing Kate McKinnon. Yeah. But it's everything I remember about, like, when you hit that point, I'm going to draw on Barbie. I'm going to cut her hair. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's the stuff you can't fix. Like, drawing on her, you might be able to clean it. Right. Depending on what you drew on her with. But if you break her legs. And if you cut her hair. If you cut her hair. Because you understand, again, back. the logic of children. Yeah. When I get my hair cut, it my grows hair back. grows back. Right. And this looks like hair. It kind of feels like hair. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But in this world, she is like the mystic connection between Barbie land and the real world. Yeah. And she can tell her how to get in and out. There's and been what a portal open. There's do. not actually a real portal. <laughs> a, a metaphorical portal. Yeah. And this is like a very fast and loose reason to get her to the real world. The mm-hmm. fact that she can literally just get on every mode of transportation yeah. and keep going and get to the real world. But it also works in reverse. Right. So people from the real world can go to Barbie land. Okay, and I will also say weird Barbie makes a lot more sense to be that, that uh, connection because I would say more often than not kids had weird Barbies or like they had Barbies that they turned into weird Barbies. More kids had that than like stereotypical Barbie or president Barbie or anything like that. Oh yeah. She smells like basement. She's seen some <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. I almost guarantee if I were to go to my parents' house, they still got a lot of our old toys that I could find one in the basement. <laughs> Maybe not that like gnarly. 
by now. Or close. I mean, you know, it's a musty farmhouse in the basement that isn't really good. Well, it's going to smell like basement for sure. But I'm just saying. Are, all of, are they going to be in like weird clothes? Are they going to have their hair cut in a weird punk rock way? I don't know. We'll I don't know. <laughs> but I think the best part of that is, I don't know if this was Kate McKinnon's uh contribution to the script but giving her the false choice of you can either go back to wearing your heels or option two the Birkenstocks (laughs) the stereotypical lesbian shoe (laughs) (laughs) well and of course at the end of the movie when she chooses the real world she's wearing sandals yeah. they're Birkenstocks I yeah. assume because they looked exactly like them except I mean, in a different had, color I mean the fucking logo right on screen so hey well when she showed her the shoe but later yeah. at the end they weren't so focused on it it's true but, but they still, did show her she wasn't wearing heels she wasn't wearing heels yeah and of course you know in the movie you're gonna make those kinds of jokes about when they finally go to the real world and they're in front of the construction worker guys and she just comes out and says I don't have a vagina we and, don't have genitals. And he doesn't have a penis. <laughs> we don't have genitals. And at the end of the movie, she's like, I'm here to see my gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> like, the culmination of the entire thing is being a real woman and having real woman problems. I don't know if you had asked me, how does this movie end? I don't think I would have guessed she would be at a gynecologist. It's, fucking per- it's perfect. For Greta Gerwig and the kinds of movies that she makes, that's the perfect coda to a movie about you know becoming a woman and being a woman what does it mean to be a woman and a man oh being a woman means you got woman woman issues well and in her situation it literally is you become a woman right it's not a metaphor <laughs> it's like very all literal. of those other things do not go away even though it, when you're barbie it actually becomes more real when you become a woman and so that's kind of her resolution. But Ken also, all the Kens get a yeah. resolution. Yeah. I like that they have an I am Spartacus kind of moment where yeah. he's just like, I'm Ken. I am Ken. Right. And it's just, it's just a simple. It's such a minor little thing because his big hang up is it's Barbie and Ken. And Ken. And Ken. And not it's not it's Barbie and it's Ken. You just had to have that one little extra thing that Barbie had that Ken didn't. It's. But he always had it. He just didn't know it. He, he just didn't, didn't acknowledge it. it. Right. And by the end, he's wearing the hoodie that says, I am Kenuff. I am Kenuff. He's got Kennergy. Oh, <laughs> all of these different memes that have uh, popped up all over time. Right. And all the other Kens get it too. Like he throws his... <laughs> It's 1970s, like, shag His carpet mink. mink. And the it's like the symbol of power and leadership for the Kens. And the other one puts it on and suddenly he becomes like, hello, I'm eloquent Ken and right. I have thoughts and opinions and I'm going to represent the Kens and move us forward as a Kendom. <laughs> and they start negotiating with Barbies. Yeah. They don't just exist anymore. They can start to be on the come up, you know, like Back in 1919, when women got the right to vote, then they can start the long, long, long journey for equality. But that's what's going on here. So the women at the beginning, all the Barbies, it's girls' night every night. That's right. Forever and ever. Yeah. And they run everything, and now they're meeting in the middle, so they give them, like, a seat 
in the cabinet well, or like a lower court judge. <laughs> and do you think now that the reason why they're allowing this to happen a little bit is because they realize what Barbie has brought back with her. Hey, this is actually fucked. When the men run everything, it's bad. And I know women are better. Women are better at everything. They can run things better. Just from me, Trent, hi, this is me. I think there should be a lot more women in Congress and Senate and president. That's, again, coming from me. I think that is the influence that they are taking, saying, you know what, one party rule, not such a great thing. Let's get them a little bit in here. Maybe the Kens have learned their lesson and maybe we can learn something from them. Well, yeah, at the beginning, the Kens have nothing and that wasn't a really great system. And then the Kens take over and that was an even worse system. Exactly. So why not just give them a little bit? So they have to meet in the middle. But Barbie doesn't feel like she belongs here at all anymore. Right. Which is why she has to move on and grow. Like, there is such an arc for her throughout this movie. And again, this could have been such a, like, one-note, stereotypical, boring kind of movie. But because you've got two people who have been recognized by the Academy for their films... You've got Margot Robbie, who's an incredible actress, who's been mm-hmm. nominated at least once, if not a few. T- I think she's been nominated maybe a couple times. I think at least a couple, yeah. Ryan Gosling's been nominated. Yep. And she, in particular, plays this with a lot of heart. Like, she is just like, I don't know where these thoughts are coming from and these feelings, and I've never felt feelings before. Right, and like trying to smile through it. Which is another thing from the real world saying, hey, yeah. smile, baby. It's not that It's not that bad. She's kind of holding back tears while she's smiling. Right. Like the first 20 minutes of the movie, she is not ear to ear grinning the entire way. No, she could have played this very silly and hollow, but she played it with emotion the entire yeah. time. And yeah. it's a really nice performance. And that's why, I mean, me thinking here right now, I would say this movie is probably going to get nominated for Best Picture, if not get some acting nominations as well. I think this is going to get probably several nominations from where people are talking, where people are sitting right now. And because we have the expanded category, and you know, we were talking about this before we recorded this, last year we did this series, and the movie we did for 2022 was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Exactly. That fucking movie won Best Picture. It won Best Picture, so So hey, here we are. Hey, maybe we'll start a trend (laughs) and this one will be the winner of best picture for 2023. We don't know yet, but you know, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for it to get nominated. So one of the other things people are talking about is best supporting actor for Ryan Gosling, who is also amazing in this movie. Yeah. Again, somebody else who knows his assignment and knows where Greta Gerwig is coming from and recognizing the fact that she has something to say and you need to be able to say it, dude. And Ryan Gosling is also one of those actors who understands humor and comedy. Yes. But also how to play it dramatically. And he Mm -hmm. also goes on an arc where he's kind of a dumb blonde who just wants her to look at him in the beginning. But then when he gets to the real world, he's like, you mean men have authority here? Like he gets asked for the time and it is more recognition than he's ever had in his entire life. I I can be trusted to give something to a woman? Oh my. 
But then when he comes back, he's just this unhinged asshole. He has infected all of Barbiedom. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has a fucking musical number. Right. He sings an entire musical original song called I'm Just Ken or whatever it is. I think so, yeah. And by the end, he realizes that, again, he can be more than just and. Right. He is his own person. And I was just watching this thinking two things. One, I said it when we watched A Fish Called Wanda. Kevin Klein won an Oscar for that movie for playing this just ridiculous, over-the-top, but completely fully committed character. Yeah. And this is the same sort of thing that Ryan Gosling is doing. He You're is right. just committed to this absurdity. I would love if he gets nominated. It would thrill me to no end if he would win. I don't know if that'll happen, but it's the comedic performance yeah. that I respect when it gets nominated. Stranger things have happened in the supporting category for sure, but I think you're right. When it comes to like saying supporting actor, without Ken, this story is nothing. The whole thing yeah. hinges on what he does. Right. And it's not just him, Ryan Gosling. It is everybody. But he is the manifestation of Ken, of all of the Kens. Yeah. When she finally has to go back to Barbie land, it depends on Ken right. for what happens next in the story. The second thought I had was, my God, if he gets nominated and wins, I would be so thrilled that he won for this where he has a musical number. He technically has two musical numbers because he also sings Push. Okay. Th yeah, that if yeah, he would yeah. win for this over fucking La La Land, because <laughs> the last time he got nominated was, was for another for musical. Another yeah. musical. <laughs> and I just, I would be so proud of him. I would be full of joy. It would make my heart sing. Yeah, and we've, we've talked about Ryan Gosling quite a bit. This is like, I think the third movie where he's been a starring role. Something One of the starring like roles anyway. His career arc is such a strange thing. He started off his career as like the pretty boy, the Matthew McConaughey in the 80s and 90s, just being the beefcake, the, the good looking dude. But he skipped a lot of the like typecast things that a lot of those kinds of actors did. And he just kind of fell right into the dramatic work a lot earlier than a lot of other actors would. He is another one of those guys that is a silly supporting comedic actor in a leading man body. Yeah. Yeah, but he can, he gets to do both. But where he shines is when he's just a little weirdo. Yeah, when he's just being a little doofus, you know, <laughs> that's the best way I know how to, how to describe it. So I would love that. There's also, everybody's going on about, wouldn't it be great if that song got nominated for Best Original Song and Peaches from the Super Mario Brothers movie <laughs> got nominated and then you get Ryan Gosling and Jack Black at the Academy Awards oh, prancing around singing, that would be the night of the year. I want it. I want it. I don't know about Peaches. I would love it. It's really I mean, short. I don't know don't if it'll make, happen. They don't make a lot of original songs for movies anymore. So maybe, okay, this is maybe separate from, it's a separate conversation. But do you think that when they're putting original songs in movies, they're doing it to try to get an Oscar nomination? Sometimes. Like if you read the the origins of this song in particular, the Ken sure, song, sure. Mark Ronson did the music for this movie and he did it kind of as a joke, but then Greta Gerwig heard it and loved it and she gave it to 
Ryan Gosling. She's like, no, no, you need to give me that song and, and I'm going to and fucking knock it out of the park. Ryan Gosling advocated, like, please, it has to be in the movie. It makes so much sense it's for his so character. Dumb. It's so dumb. It's so perfect. I need this. And they let him do it. But then the rest of the movie is also just chock-a-block full of original songs. This is one of those movies where they really designed the soundtrack around it. Like, Lizzo has songs where the lyrics are changing, like when Barbie right. wakes up. It's narrating what is happening yeah. in the movie in song. And as her life gets weirder, the lyrics to the song change. <laughs> you know, waking up and thinking about dying. <laughs> and Billie Eilish at the end had that song that kind of is making everybody cry. I didn't even recognize that. When she is in the void with Rhea Perlman, who yep. we have not seen in a long friggin' yeah, time. Yeah, I leaned over into Betsy and I said, when is the last time we saw Rhea Perlman in anything? But she is the ghost of the woman who created Barbie. Ruth. And they're in this void where Barbie is deciding if she wants to become a human. Right. And she shows her this vision of, okay, this is what it's like to feel and be human. This is what life is. The song that's playing there is Billie oh, Eilish. Okay, okay. And when you're feeling like really emotional in that scene... That's part of the reason. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that more than one song from this yeah. gets nominated for Best Original Song. And like the Ken song isn't one that I would say would, I mean, yes, it would qualify, but I don't think it really has the the, the resonance, if that's a word I can use about this fucking movie. I don't think it would actually resonate as an Oscar uh, winner. I think the rest of them, maybe. Trent, blame Canada got nominated when the South Park mm, movie came out. Yeah. Don't put it past the voters. <laughs> Brett McKenzie has an Oscar it's for true. the Muppet movie. <laughs> hey, that was actually amazing. But this is what I'm saying. Original song is one of those kind of weird little categories yeah. that anything could happen. You're right. And I think if this gets nominated and Peaches gets nominated, I mean, it's a free-for-all. I don't care. So other things, you know, maybe script, like screen, original screenplay, it'd probably be considered, would this be considered an adapted screenplay? Yes, because it's based on a property. It's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be based on an existing movie or an existing like book or novel or anything like that. It just has to be from a thing. It's not wholly original. Okay. And then, you know, Greta Gerwig, for God's sake, let's nominate, nominate some women woman. for best director. Yeah. You bastards. Yeah. So there's a lot of potential here. I think there's definitely going to be some conversation at least. And then we'll, when the time comes, we'll see what happens. Right. And I really didn't expect to sit down here and start talking about, yeah, a Barbie movie is going to be nominated for all these different not Oscars. What? If you would tell me a year ago or so when the movie got announced and we first started seeing the, the production stills from them on the beach and their ridiculous outfits... If you told me then that we would be having conversations about possible Oscar nominations, I would not have believed you. I just don't think it's out of the realm of possibility because this is a movie that is having an impact. This yes. has been out for a few weeks now and people have been watching it over and over again. It's the, the summer blockbuster. It is the movie of the moment. Mm -hmm. We'll see what kind of a slow burn it has if it stays in the theaters for a really long time. Like there weren't that many people at the showing we were in, but we also no. went, you know, a month after the fact and we live yes. where we live. <laughs> it's true. So, I mean, before we start wrapping up here, I know we have some things that we needed to mention. So what do you have left? 
I appreciated that the clips that I had seen or like the parts that they showed in the trailer were from early on in the movie Yeah. because I, I hate when I see an out of context clip and I'm like, oh God, it's like the middle of the movie. No, I had seen the clip where he injures himself on the beach and they're like taking care of him and he's just like, nobody understands. My job is just beach. <laughs> well, and they also had like the, the beach off thing in yeah. some of the trailers. But this is all like from the first third of the movie yeah the first act but the very opening sequence is helen mirren narrating yeah. the dawn of man right from the 2001 2001 and you, you have the the history lesson of this is how dolls have been since forever yeah and it's not until the 1950s that baby dolls grew up into actual dolls yeah people suddenly realized that Maybe girls don't always want to play mother. They right. don't want to play housewife. And the way they paint this whole scene is just great. These like sad little girls in their beige and brown outfits right. with their little baby dolls and ironing boards suddenly see Barbie as the monolith in her <laughs> 1950s swimsuit with her sunglasses. And the children start to destroy the rest of their dolls. And then the fucking transition of the doll throwing the doll up yeah. and turning into Barbie the title <laughs> card like they showed this in the trailer but it I didn't care I know I had seen it a few times before but even in the theater maybe it's just seeing it bigger I laughed I think it's so because hard. of that because when I saw the 1950s Barbie on screen here I knew I had seen that via a trailer or something but I didn't know that there were other things around her and that it was going to be a parody of 2001. No, but they have like the fucking like uh, song and everything. It's like everything. shot for shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was perfect. And then after that, you also had the sequence of, hey, this is where, like, there's been so many different Barbies. You have the the Barbie that is her own woman, and she's able to do all these different things, and it's women empowerment and things like that. I like that sequence where they're basically doing a Barbie commercial at the beginning, and they're like, this is Barbie, and she changed the world. And here's all of these women. All of them are Barbie. Right. But then later in the movie, they do it again, and it's depression Barbie. And she's oh like, my God. She just wears sweatpants and cries on the floor. <laughs> she spends five hours on Instagram stalking her ex. <laughs> <laughs> Those were great touches. Yeah. And it, like you said, it was just like a commercial. It literally is shot that way yeah. on a big white screen with little girls looking confused. <laughs> Well, the last thing I wanted to at least mention, it's very minor, but it's when all the Barbies take over the government, for lack of a better word, and all the Kims come back. And Issa Rae, the president of Barbie Land, is coming down the stairs or coming down whatever. And she's referring to the men saying, and, and she has the one swear in the entire movie, but it's not actually said. She says it, but... The little Mattel logo goes over her face when she says the word motherfucker. <laughs> it is yeah. PG-13. They could have. But no, that is actually, you cannot say motherfucker in a PG-13 movie. You can say fuck. You can say fucking. Oh. You can say things like that. But that is too far. Oh, in, I in see. The, in the eyes of the MPAA. It refers to the act versus... Something like that. <laughs> something like that. But no, you're not allowed to say that in a PG-13 movie, even though you would have normally been able to say it in other other ways. Well, it made it funnier by bleeping it out the yeah. way they did. And I wonder, uh, just like there were stories about how, like, 
there is a cut of the movie Mrs. Doubtfire with Robin Williams just completely going off script and cursing a blue streak. There is a cut of that movie out there that nobody's ever seen. I wonder if Greta Gerwig secretly shot a rated R movie of this movie and just kind of pieced it together in the editing room because, hey, that's how movies are really made. I doubt it because if you think about how this movie is supposed to be taking place, the Barbies all exist and they act in the way that children would have yes. them. And kids don't usually say things like motherfucker. <laughs> no, but of course, after they come back and they've seen some shit, that's when the swears start to drop. Oh, I see. It's so Ken's I, fault. <laughs> so I get them putting it in there, but I wonder if at one point Greta Gerwig just submitted this cut and says, no, I want you to keep that in there. Because it deserves to be in there. And they said no. And them putting the little Mattel thing and getting censored was the compromise. We'll have to wait for the Criterion Collection to find <laughs> out. All right, Betsy. That is all I had to say about Barbie. Did you have anything else? I'm glad we did this one. I had a good time. I had a good time as well. And Betsy, th there's a little little thing we haven't mentioned. That the good times don't stop there. Betsy, we're not done with our decade series. What? Because Twist? if you haven't already figured it out, yeah, there's another movie we're going to watch. There's a part two to the Barbie movie experience. What could it be? We haven't said the word yet, and I'm not going to. You're going to have to figure it out. I think you could figure it out. Another movie from 2023, One Might Pair with Barbie. One Might Pair with Barbie. That is also very, very important and getting a lot of Oscar buzz. Betsy. If our listeners would like to send us their thoughts about this here movie, what can they do? Well, they could email us. They can email us at neverseenitpod at gmail.com. Nailed it. We received an email here just a little bit ago from our superfan, Stephanie, about our 2013 movie, About Time. About About Time. About About Time. She says, About About Time. I like this movie. I definitely cried at the end. I like the way their version of time travel works. There are consequences and stakes without it being too over the top. I think that him redoing and retrying and kind of stalking his future wife could be super creepy. However, it is done in a playful and charming manner with characters that make it work in a really cute way. Yeah, if he was a yeah. terrible, creepy person, it would be terrible and creepy. Yeah, and that's why I asked the question, like, do you think that he was just kind of cheating by going back and like really going after this one person when he has infinite possibilities? If you want the answer, you'd better listen to that episode. It's true. I'm not going to repeat it we here. We <laughs> already covered that question. Back to this email. The cast is wonderful. And though I have only seen this twice, I would absolutely watch it again. I love a good rom-com. Hell, I love bad rom-coms too. Though I do hate something borrowed. Thank you. I don't root for cheaters. Yeah, that movie sucks. Don't recommend. All right. I've seen some bad rom-coms. From a couple of rom-com lovers. Yeah, I've seen some bad rom-coms that yeah. are really fun because it doesn't matter. You just love it. It's All right. garbage. All right. That one's not one. Uh, she says, we haven't really been watching much new, so I may have to go back to watching some movies that you guys have covered that I haven't seen yet. Hey, you're going to play the home game. <gasps> the home game? <laughs> if you do not know, the Never Seen It home game is you following along with us. You listen to the intro. You take a break with us. You watch the movie and see how your reaction compares to ours. Yeah, we don't have like a copyright 
on the no. format. No. You also can't buy this game. You just have to, you know, play it. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for Barbie. But like we said, we're not done with this decade series yet Hold by gum. Hold on. What? Yeah. We're not done with 2023. We're not, we're not done. We're going to be back with one more episode in our decade series. What could it be? That's coming next. But until then, my name is Trent. My name is Betsy. And we'll be back to you next time with another episode of Never Seen It. Bye.